This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Imagine a much different sequel to Spider-Man Far From Home. Here is a story based on fan treatment written by Bob Garland, titled Spider-Man Homefront. The world believes that Spider-Man brutally murdered Mysterio, also known as Quentin Beck. What the world doesn't know is that this is a complete lie, forged by Mysterio himself. Mysterio also revealed to the world the true identity of Spider-Man, Peter Parker. And that is not a lie. Peter Parker finds himself in Greenwood Cemetery, standing in front of a headstone. But this is not Peter Parker as we know him. Peter looks quite different. His hair dyed blonde, his clothes torn and dirty, his hood pulled up as he sits in front of a headstone, sobbing. He looks at the headstone, and through the tears says, I'm sorry I failed you, but right now I could really use your help. I don't know what to do. Please help me. In Russia, groups of military vehicles pull up to a desolate-looking mansion, known as Smerdyakov Manor. Two men exit, Sergei and Dmitry Smerdyakov. They enter and confront a bedridden old woman, Anna Smerdyakov. Sergei interrogates her to make her reveal her shame. She relents and reveals their real names, Graven Sergei Vanko and Dmitry Anatoly Vanko. Anna calls out to Dmitri, who insults her. She calls him a snake, and he removes his hood, revealing his disfigured white face, similar to that of Scrolls, a race of extraterrestrial shapeshifters. He begins choking her and says, No, I'm a chameleon. The two brothers leave in their vehicles. Chameleon asks Craven, What's next? And Craven responds, how do you get revenge on a dead man? How? Chameleon asks, and Craven responds, You attack his legacy. Craven then holds up a newspaper with the headline, Is Spider-Man the new Iron Man? Meanwhile, at Seagate Prison, an inmate is being released. His name is Justin Hammer. He walks out wearing a suit and bearing a brazen smile, walks towards a waiting limousine. 
A short time later at Oscorp, a multi-billion dollar multinational corporation, Justin Hammer enters the office of Norman Osborne, the founder and CEO of Oscorp. Justin Hammer deduces that Norman Osborne is to thank for his early release. Osborne does indeed take credit, and reveals that once Hammer was imprisoned, he bought Hammer Industries' assets. Hammer is curious and leery at first, but then Norman offers him a tour, saying, Let me show you what I've got for my money. During the tour, Norman shows Hammer a glider in different phases, various types of explosives, and finally a suit made of an armored cloth. Hammer asks what this is supposed to mean, and Norman says, To stay clean. For the company, I've got to refrain from questionable connections. However, an ex-con who dabbles in the theatrical can gain numerous necessary connections. Norman sells Hammer by reassuring him that if he will, he'll have an empire he can control. Hammer is sold and asks, Okay, what's the plan? Six months later, Peter Parker is sitting on a light pole, his world crumbling, his identity exposed, and the world believes he is a cold-blooded murderer. He looks down at MJ, his girlfriend, yelling at her to run as he swings off, trying to get far away from her and the angry mob of people that is after him. He calls his Aunt May, who is in her apartment talking to her boyfriend, Happy. Aunt May, I've been compromised! He tells her. Happy grabs the phone. What's going on, Peter? He asks. Peter quickly responds. My identity is out. Get May someplace safe. May turns on the TV as they replay J. Jonah Jameson's broadcast of Spider-Man supposedly killing Mysterio and revealing Spider-Man's identity to the world. Happy tells May she needs to pack so he can get her someplace safe. May, however refuses to go anywhere without Peter. Just then, Peter arrives home, leaping through the window. He urges May to go pack her things, and she rushes into a room. Then, all of a sudden, bang! Peter and Happy rush into May's room, and to their dismay they find her lying on the ground, holding her stomach. She reaches out for Peter, and he frantically grabs her hand. The pain in her eyes is matched only by the worry painted across Peter's face. Will he lose another loved one? Peter, still in costume, rushes May to the ER, telling them she's been shot. As May is taken away, Peter drops to his knees. Happy rushes in and firmly tells Peter, I'll stay with May. Then his face darkens. Peter, go find who's responsible for this. He hands Peter a key card and says, Doc 49, you need anything? It's there. Peter nods and runs out of the hospital. Happy then calls Pepper Potts and asks her to get a hold of Doctor Strange. A short time later, Peter is changing into his regular clothes at the Doc 49 hideout. He finds a laboratory with a costume maker and various objects that will assist him in hiding his identity. He bleaches his hair blonde, and uses a hat and glasses to help conceal his identity. He also creates a new Spidey suit, and restores Karen, the artificial intelligence user interface. He calls MJ, 
and she asks him what's happening. Peter tells her she's in too much danger to meet up. She wants to know what he's going to do. But Peter isn't sure what his next move is just yet. Ned and Flash butt in on the conversation, which initially freaks Peter out. Ned recommends that Peter check the crime scene for clues. But when Flash starts asking fanboyish questions, Peter hangs up. Shortly after hanging up, Peter gets a call. It's Pepper Potts. Pepper explains to Peter that they can turn this whole thing around, but she needs him to come into the compound so he can be protected. Peter, however, doesn't want to do that yet. He is determined to hunt down whoever shot his Aunt May. Pepper concedes, but admonishes Peter to hurry, and that lawyers are working to clear his name. Peter thanks her before hanging up. Following Ned's advice, Peter returns to the apartment. He examines the scene. He looks around and asks Karen to analyze the area. Karen brings up a holographic crime scene. Peter looks and investigates. He notices the angle. He looks around and the hollow crime scene shows a placement for a shooter. He investigates further and discovers a shell casing. He picks it up. But suddenly, his spider sense erupts. He looks around and boom! It's Justin Hammer in the suit and glider. The Hobgoblin. Peter begins to run, and before you know it, he leaps out a window and is web-swinging through the city, with Hobgoblin on the glider in pursuit, hurling pumpkin bombs at him. Peter doubles back to get behind the Hobgoblin and shoots web balls at him. Peter leaps onto the glider, and they fight. Hobgoblin punches Peter in the chest, knocking him downward. Peter shoots a web that catches the glider. Peter is back on the up-and-up, when suddenly a knife cuts the web causing him to descend. He slams onto the roof of a building. Craven reveals himself to Peter, then begins to battle him, proving to be a tenacious adversary. Meanwhile, Hobgoblin flies overhead, dumping bombs on Peter. A combination of Craven's ferocity and Hobgoblin's pumpkin bombs causes Peter to fall off the roof. Peter bounces off the sides of the walls of buildings, eventually landing on the ground. He hides behind a dumpster, and begins to change into his new Spider-Man outfit. Meanwhile, on the rooftop, Craven retrieves Peter's cell phone. Hobgoblin lands next to him. It's time for the chameleon, Craven mutters. A short time later, Spider-Man, without his Spidey mask, is examining the bullet casing at Midtown Science. Ned, MJ, and Flash huddle around him. Spider-Man looks around, and they back up, giving him space to work. He writes down a note, ASM-141964. He needs to get the serial number looked up. He pulls his mask from his backpack, and he asks Karen to run a scan on it. She scans through files, revealing it's a military prototype that was originally developed by Hammer Industries, but remade by Oscorp. Shocked recognition crosses Peter's face when he hears the word Oscorp, and he begins freaking out, much to MJ's dismay and confusion. Ned explains that Peter used to tutor Harry Osborne before he went to Europe, 
Harry is the son of Oscorp CEO Norman Osborn. Norman sent Harry to Europe after his mom died. Spider-Man asks Karen to project a replay footage of his fight. Everyone watches as he freezes the frame on Craven's face. The hero then asks Karen to scan for matches and gets an ID on this individual. After a moment, Karen produces a file on Craven Vanko, a.k.a. Sergei Kravenov, a.k.a. Sergei Smerdyakov. Karen plays footage of Craven strapped to a table being injected with several chemicals. She explains that after the blip, Russia wanted to create a superhero to help keep the public rest. Craven was suggested, based on his military career and experience, but he initially refused. However, he relented after an incident occurred, causing his brother Dmitri to be horribly scarred and on life support. Craven agreed only if they would save his brother. Craven joined the program, and they saved Dmitri by using serum created from scroll DNA. Together, the brothers were able to possess superhuman abilities. While Cravens appear to be superhuman strength, speed, and dealing, however, no file or information is known about his brother Dimitri. Spidey then asks about the glider guy, as he calls it. Karen is unable to locate any information on him, nor the equipment he was using. It's similar in design to Stark Tech, but is widely different in operation. Peter asks for a flash drive. Ned hands one over, and Spider-Man hooks his mask up to the flash drive and downloads the footage. Putting the mask back on, he asks Karen to record a message for Happy, asking him to investigate the available information. Peter hands Ned and Flash the drive, and asks them to get to Happy at Midtown Regional Hospital. After Flash and Ned leave, Peter takes a minute with MJ, explaining what happened to his aunt and how worried he is about her. MJ has an idea, and insists she can help him. Sometime later, Peter, in his regular disguise, and MJ enter Oscorp. Peter brings his Spidey mask. They break through a couple civilian barriers, where MJ distracts and Peter sneaks forward. Peter is very curious when he takes notice how many Oscorp workers know MJ. They make it to an Oscorp mainframe computer. MJ grabs the computer and begins logging in. They get interrupted by MJ's mom's boyfriend, Jack Hardy, an employee at Oscorp. MJ and Peter begin to try and cover as Jack begins conversing with them. MJ introduces Peter as Ben Riley and is invited to dinner. Jack gives them a tour to the upper levels of Oscorp, where they run into Norman, who gleefully takes them through the building while commenting on how Ben looks familiar. Peter freezes, uncertain of what to do. MJ asks Jack to borrow his badge so she can check something on his computer. He questions her about her phone, and she says she left it at home. Jack looks over at Norman, who nods in approval. Jack takes MJ and Peter to his office. Jack hands over his badge and excuses himself. MJ logs in and plugs Karen into the system. Karen begins internally hacking the system, looking for files on anything matching Hobgoblin's equipment. What they discover is that several Oscorp weapons were reported stolen. Jack reappears, looking worrisome, 
He informs MJ she needs to come with him to the hospital. She asks what's wrong, and he says her mother was in a car accident, and MJ rushes out. Peter tries to convince MJ to wait, but she simply won't comply and leaves with Jack. MJ and Jack walk down an empty hallway of Oscorp. Everything seems normal, when suddenly Jack smiles as he grabs MJ, covering her scream with one hand, and with the other pulls out a device that shoots gas into her face. The gas seeps into her lungs and MJ passes out. Then Jack's skin alters, his height lowers, revealing himself to be the chameleon. He pulls a phone out, and speaking into it he says, We got her. A door behind him opens. It's Norman Osborne. Norman moves aside, and the chameleon carries MJ into the mysterious room. Meanwhile, Peter exits Oscorp, trying to plot his next move. Peter begins moving through the city, when suddenly, his spider sense goes off, and Hobgoblin swipes at him with the glider. Peter breaks into a web swing, throws on his spidey mask, and speeds away from his attacker. But Hobgoblin is not alone. This is two against one. The Craven is there as well, as a three-way battle ensues. This time, Spider-Man does much better against his attackers. He ducks blows, shocks his attackers with his web shooters, and stands his ground. However, Craven gets the upper hand and begins pummeling Spider-Man. He rips off Spidey's mask and tears it in half. Hobgoblin knocks into the hero with his glider. Spider-Man shoots a web to yank Hobgoblin off the glider, but instead the glider pulls the now unmasked hero upward. Craven then assembles a sniper rifle, as Spidey swings wildly off the glider, holding on for dear life. As Hobgoblin increases his altitude, Craven takes a shot. The bullet hits Spider-Man in the shoulder, and he drops, and he falls into the harbor below. Hobgoblin questions Craven if Spider-Man is dead. Not likely, Craven says. We just need one last thing. Meanwhile, MJ wakes up in a dark room, strapped to a metal chair. She cries out for help. She calls out for her mom, her dad, and finally, Peter. A voice laughs in the dark. <laughs> None of them can help you, the chuckling voice declares. The chair she's in forces her into a recline. She struggles against it. This won't take long. Trust me, the voice reassures. MJ continues to struggle. Two tiny robotic straps wrap around her head and force her to look up. Restraints latch over each of her arms. They inject her with something. Craven appears and says, You can thank Spider-Man for this. A screen pops up before her, streaming images of Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Suddenly, electrodes from the head restraint shock her, and the injections go through her, changing her. Her eyes turn green, her hair changes to white. Her body convulses as the serum floods her veins. 
She screams, begging for help. Images of Spider-Man and Peter move more rapidly as she continues to scream. Meanwhile, in upstate New York, young Morgan Stark sits and reads a book. As her mother calls to her to get ready for bed, she says, In a minute, and continues to read her book when someone else calls her name. It's a voice she recognizes. It's the voice of Tony Stark, her late father. Morgan runs to the voice, calling out for her dad, searching for him. Eventually, she exits the house, looking around. She sees a shadow. Thinking it's her father, she comes close enough to see him. But the face she sees is not that of her father. It's barely a face at all. It's the face of the chameleon. Pepper Potts is looking all over the house, calling out for her daughter. She hears Morgan calling out, crying for help. She enters the living room to see Chameleon holding a piece of broken glass to Morgan's throat. Pepper cries and begs for him to let her go. Pepper begins to reach down. She's going to grab a rescue gauntlet when a hand hits her in the back of the head. It's Craven. He grabs Pepper's phone and tosses it to Chameleon. He shapeshifts and unlocks the phone. He thumbs through her contacts, ultimately clicking on Happy's name, and dials. Meanwhile, Peter floats in the harbor. The tides push him toward the docks. He painfully crawls up, injured and bleeding. He leans against a wall, checks for his phone, but it's gone. He groans. A construction worker wanders over and sees Peter bleeding. Peter asks to borrow his phone and calls Ned and Flash, asking them to pick him up. Peter asks about MJ, but they haven't heard from her. Please hurry! Peter cries out. Happy drives, with Flash and Ned in the car with him, annoying him to death. He picks up Peter at the construction site. Peter looks at Happy and intuitively knows something's wrong. Perplexed, Happy simply says, Kid, it's bad. A short time later, the four of them stand in Pepper's living room, the front door forced open. They look around. Ned finds a photo of MJ tied up and hands it to Peter. He begins to break down. Flash picks up Pepper's phone and hands it to Happy. They enter the kitchen. Peter looks at the photo of him and Tony. Then they notice another picture. This time of Morgan and Pepper tied up with a note that says, Find us if you can. Peter runs out of the house and Happy asks him where he's going. Ned stops Happy. Give him a minute. Ned says, There's something he needs to do. At Greenwood Cemetery, Peter approaches a headstone, no mask, and hood down. He's beaten, bloodied, and hurt. He drops to his knees and begins to cry. He hugs the headstone and begs for help. He drops to his hands and knees and sobs. A voice calls out, Hey pal, what's wrong? Peter looks up and sees his Uncle Ben, in his fifties and dressed in a police uniform. He sits next to Peter, relaxed and smiling. 
They begin to talk. Their conversation is short, yet it's one of the most meaningful conversations Peter will ever encounter. Peter is remorseful about all that's happened. His identity being exposed, Aunt May getting shot, MJ, Pepper, and Morgan's predicament, it's more than he can bear. He feels irresponsible. Uncle Ben comforts him, telling him that responsibility is much more than just making the right choices. Sometimes, responsibility is fixing things, making amends, and other times, it's living with them. Peter, however, still doesn't know what to do. Uncle Ben insists that he is confident that Peter will do the right thing, the responsible thing. Peter stares at the headstone and reads the epitaph. With great power comes great responsibility. In that moment, Peter realizes what he must do. He thanks his Uncle Ben and begins to leave. Peter looks up and sees Flash, Ned, and Happy standing there in the cemetery. Peter smiles and walks over to them. Peter asks Happy if he has Edith, the artificial tactical intelligence system created by the late Tony Stark. Happy nods. He needs their help. But first, Peter needs a ride. Happy jokes. You ran from upstate New York to a cemetery and you need a ride for six blocks? The team, comprised of Peter, Flash, Ned, and Happy, are inside the warehouse at Dock 49. Peter makes a new suit, which Flash excitedly helps him create. It's a black suit with a white spider wrapped around the chest and back. All white lenses and two sets of web shooters, tactically on the back, and standard web shooters on the wrists. Ned and Happy help plug Edith into a Stark computer system. Then they can hack Stark's security camera system to observe Pepper and Morgan being taken from their home. They're able to get a license plate number from the vehicle they're forced into and track its location. Soon, they have an address. They know where they are. Meanwhile, Morgan and Pepper are tied up, and the area around them bears the appearance of a jungle. They hear a crazed cackle and the screech of Hobgoblin's jet. Pepper looks at Hobgoblin as he lowers on his glider. As Hobgoblin approaches, Pepper is in shock when she recognizes the voice behind the mask as Justin Hammer's. Pepper questions him on the men who abducted her and her daughter. Hammer apathetically reveals that they go way back, saying, Oh, the Vonkos. Great kids, really. Talented. Smart. But you see, they hated Anthony. But they can't take their hatred out on someone who's gone. So, they figured they'll just destroy everything he loved. Why are you a part of this? Pepper asks. Listen. Hammer responds. Revenge isn't really my bag. My bag is empire. And this is how you build an empire. And with that, Hammer takes off on his glider. Spider-Man in his new black suit swings through the city, rushing to Craven's hideout. When he arrives at Craven's hideout, an abandoned warehouse in the outskirts of New York, he crawls in, staying hidden in the shadows. Hearing Craven and Hobgoblin talk, he sees MJ tied to a chair. Pepper and Morgan are nowhere in sight. When Craven and Hobgoblin exit the room, Peter drops down, his suit showing spiking heat signatures. Spider-Man doesn't see anything, but feels it. 
He ungags MJ. She looks at him with a look as if to say, What took you so long? Spider-Man apologizes and unties her. MJ emotionally reveals that she's been tortured and beaten by her abductors. Peter is immensely apologetic, but as he looks into her eyes, something just doesn't feel right. MJ's appearance suddenly shapeshifts back into its true form. The chameleon. He backhands Spider-Man and laughs. Should have seen your face, Spider-Man. The area around them begins to change to its real state. The building is actually on fire. Chameleon continues. Hobgoblin, he really knew his stuff. Taking in Mysterio's crew, using their assets. Where are they? Peter asks. Where's MJ? Chameleon laughs in response. <laughs> Behind you. Peter turns around and wham! A punch sends him to the floor. He looks up to see MJ, but not MJ as he knows her. MJ now has white hair, green eyes, and is wearing a black leather suit with trimmed white fur around the collar, boots, gloves, and goggles, connected to a half-helmet forming cat-like ears. Peter is horrified and asks, What did they do to you? In Russian, MJ responds, I'm the black cat. A wire wraps around Spider-Man's neck, pulling him out of the burning warehouse, and the hero struggles. Looking upward, he sees Hobgoblin swinging him around from the glider. Spider-Man shoots webs to knock Hobgoblin off, rips off the wire and falls into another warehouse, a virtual jungle. He's attacked by Craven and Black Cat. Soon they have the wall crawler on the ropes, nearly beaten. Chameleon then enters the virtual jungle and begins to speak. I've spent my life being treated like dirt being relegated to inferiority. I learned it was because of my father. Because no one accepted his genius. Your so-called father killed him. Now, I kill the prodigal son. Death by the prodigal daughter. Craven, Hobgoblin, Chameleon, Black Cat all take shots at Peter, knocking him down until he can barely breathe. Black Cat gets on top of him and begins strangling him. Peter tries to fight her off, but all his efforts are useless. He's too weak. He pleads with her. Craven kneels next to Peter and says, It took time. It took pain. She won't listen to you. She's... perfect child now. Just as strong as me. Suddenly, there is a loud bang. Chameleon shoots Craven in the back. Craven backs away. Through the pain and confusion, he asks, What are you doing, brother? Chameleon explains, You've spent years chasing father's ghost. Chasing some idiotic vanity that his name meant anything. Chasing honor. There were countless times you could have made your own name. Created an empire. I stood by because I hoped you would come to your senses. Even your new master couldn't get you to see big enough. <laughs> Assassin? You could have been a kingpin. Now you'll die for it. Now the person running this city will be me. Craven stands, his wounds healing, but slowly. He steps closer to Chameleon, who points the gun right at him. 
I protected you, but no more! He shoots at Craven. Chameleon fires another shot, but Craven lunges forward, grasping his throat, strangling him, as Chameleon unloads his gun into Craven, shouting, You'll die like the snake you are! Chameleon struggles as he takes his final breath, then goes limp. Black Cat continues to strangle Peter. He pulls his mask off, pleading with her. MJ, please, it's me! MJ screams as she suddenly comes to her senses. Craven questions what she's doing, and she spins around, tackling him. Peter pulls his mask back over his head and kicks Hobgoblin. Craven knocks Black Cat into Peter. Hobgoblin leaps onto his glider, getting some distance, and begins throwing pumpkin bombs. Spider-Man grabs MJ and swings upward. MJ tells Peter to toss her at Craven and take care of Hobgoblin. He complies and sends her leaping at Craven, battling him. Meanwhile, Spidey gets a hold of Hobgoblin and unmasks him. He forces the villain to tell him where Pepper and Morgan are. Then he webs the madman against the wall. He then joins MJ, and together they subdue Craven. It turns out that Pepper and Morgan are one floor beneath them. MJ and Peter break through the floor, and together they locate and free them, bringing them to safety. Pepper, Morgan, Peter, and MJ stand on the roof of the building. Hammer is webbed up and Craven is laid out. Pepper reassures Peter that he can take refuge at Avengers Compound, while lawyers work to clear his name against the false claims made by Mysterio. Now, that will be even easier because MJ retrieved the original footage of the Tower Bridge battle from Justin Hammer and hands it to Pepper. Peter wants MJ to accompany him at Avengers Compound and Pepper allows it. However, when they turn to MJ, she has mysteriously vanished. Peter is confused and crushed, but Pepper comforts him and encourages him to join her at the compound. Left with the bewilderment of MJ's disappearance, Peter retreats to the compound with Pepper. A short time later, at the Avengers compound, Pepper Potts walks out onto a stage before a crowd of reporters and cameras. Many around the globe are watching the broadcast, including the infamous J. Jonah Jameson of the Daily Bugle. Pepper states that she's there to announce the newest Avenger, but first she plays the undoctored footage of Mysterio at Tower Bridge. The footage shows what truly happened that day. It shows the brutality and deception of Quentin Beck, exonerating Spider-Man of any wrongdoing. Pepper then proudly announces the newest member of the Avengers, Spider-Man, who enters the stage. Both May and Happy, holding hands, stand next to him. Spider-Man approaches the podium and pulls off his mask, declaring to the crowd, My name is Peter Parker, and, well, I've been Spider-Man since I was 15 years old. Meanwhile, Justin Hammer is once again locked up in prison. A visitor enters his cell, Norman Osborn. You found an undeniable talent for screwing up, Mr. Hammer. 
Osborne says as he stands in the shadows of the dark cell. Hammer pleads, claiming it's not his fault. Osborne exclaims, In some ways, I guess. Doesn't matter now. The world still knows he's Spider-Man. They know he's an Avenger. Oh, I got what I needed. Hammer asks, What's next? Well, Mr. Hammer, Osborne coldly responds, Your services are no longer needed. A moment passes, and Hammer says, I know a lot. I know how to shut up. Osborne agrees, explaining, Well, even if that were true, that flu shot when you came in should be in your system now. Consider it a severance. What about the Russian? Hammer asks, I still got some plans. Osborne responds, Something more sinister in mind. Goodbye, Hobgoblin. Osborne then exits the cell as Hammer falls to the floor, lifeless. We hope you have enjoyed this reading of Spider-Man Homefront, based on a fan treatment by Bob Garland, narrated by J.B. Webb. 